Uh, is that what you're having? A hot chocolate? I'm having a hot chocolate. I haven't had a no, hot I... chocolate in years, I reckon. Oh, I've got right into them now since being up in the snow. Oh, I heard. I heard. Is that um, to help put on that 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 little winter coat that um? <laughs> I need needed more than <laughs> I needed more than just one winter coat. Oh my god! It was well. That's the topic for today. All about photographing in the snow. Should we get right into the topic, Maddie? Bum 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 bum. They're a little bit loose. A little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning. Whatever time you must be listening to this most amazing podcast. Oh my God, this is so professional listening to Matt eat his hot chocolate. Oh, I'm um, down to that oh, bit. You know the chocolate in the bottom when you finished all the milk, but there's like this little dirty little liquor yeah, of chocolate. Yeah, 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 and you sort of got to reach it with a spoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, so you, good. You load it in halfway just so it's sitting there for you. You are <laughs> listening to yet another amazing episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. My name is Tom. That's Matt on the other end of the line, and we are so pleased to have everybody on board, all three of you today, to listen to this podcast and listen to us ramble on for the next 45 minutes or so about all things landscape photography. Why does it have to be landscape, Tom? There's nothing in the title that says it's landscape photography. You just made that up. That's our jam. That's what we do so well. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I didn't realize this was the Tom Cod Cod podcast. Uh, Tom Putt podcast. There we go. It's all about me. You should know that. Come on. Well, ask I reckon there's another podcast. If you want to do just talk nothing but landscapes for 45 minutes, I reckon there's another podcast you could appear on. I heard that they were were stopping once they get to 100 episodes, by the way. So that's not long now. So we won't won't be able to mention them anymore, sadly, because we're big fans of the show and we we love their work and all the rest of it. But, yes. But I guess when you get to 100 episodes and you still have not made it, I guess it's it's probably time (laughs) just to know that... Pull the price of life support. You know, how long do you keep a loved one on life support before oh. you just go, look, it's uh, it's time. You are so harsh. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Yes, well, who knows? Hey, um, where were we at? I can't remember. What were we talking about? Oh, I landscape photography. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> so, hold on a second. Like, you're, you're uh, what do you pigeonhole yourself as? Underwater. Oh, I'm an everything. I know I'm an everything photographer. I'm a jack of all <laughs> trades, master of none photographer. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, that's how I pitch myself, generally speaking. Mm, mm. Uh, wow, that's yeah. a great elevator pitch. Hey, so so Matt, we were just looking to um, get you to come into um, our business and really, uh, you know, improve our um, imagery in the, all the um, you know corporate uh, flyers and everything. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what you specialize in, please? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> In fact, I don't even know why you called us. That's it. Why did you bother? Do, do you want, want do you want to order some food or not? <laughs> so what have oh, you been God. up to, young Matthew? Besides my the life that we are recording this at a very late in the evening. Um, very late. When it's... I say very late, that is my alarm going off to tell me that we're recording our podcast. It's That's a Monday on... night. You're um you're breaking up a bit there, mate. You're um I've, I I don't no, know about I am my sitting right next to my running swimmingly well. Don't tell me that, that it's breaking up. I am sitting less than two meters away from my modem, and I am hooked into that. 
I have a feeling your modem might not be having a great time. <laughs> it's not loving me. That's no not loving we, you and it's certainly not loving our listeners. They did not sign up for the Robotics AI podcast. Um, it sounds all good from my end. I sound smashing. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you do. Mine is <laughs> dreamily well. I just tested it. Um, what have I been doing? My life has entirely changed in the last week. Right. I find that hard to believe. Go on. Almost every aspect of my existence is has, that right? has changed. Okay. What, how so? Tell us more. This is intriguing. Don't leave I, us hanging for any longer, Matthew. Come on. Well, okay. So I read a book. And when I say oh, I read a book, that, I haven't... Not that Marie Kondo thing again. No, no, not Marie. We haven't not mentioned Marie. her She's, for about uh, six months. <laughs> no, no. We, um, yeah, we got, we got so stuck in so much clutter, we forgot about her. Um, no, I've, I haven't actually finished the book, to be honest. So when I say I read a book, I started a book. Um, but it's oh, still God. inspiring. Um, <laughs> no, you, got you got five me. pages in and you went, <laughs> I cannot be asked reading this book. And you Googled the title of the book and said, give me, or you asked ChatGPT to give you a one-page summary of this book, didn't you? Yep, and I read the first paragraph and then just highlighted my favourite words. And but yeah, awesome. What book I, was it? Tell us more. Is this going to add value to the listenership or what? I... You know, probably not. <laughs> okay, great. Well, you keep going. <laughs> On, onwards we go. No, because you know what? I've realised that I said something this week that I don't know how well it went over with um, my personal fan club, if I can call them that. Thanks, guys. Or guy. I uh, can't remember. Personal um, fan club. What are you on? <laughs> you no. were drinking hot chocolate before the show. You've been drinking something else. You've no, been I'm putting color in it. Right. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? No, um, so I read this book. And um, I sort of had this realization that I've 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 had it pretty easy in my life. I think you know, yeah, like I, I work it. I work pretty hard, but I I got to say, like I've not, you know, I don't have any of those really difficult reflective moments like some people do. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there who 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 draw a lot of energy currently from challenges they've faced in the past. Um, not saying that that was necessarily a good experience or a good outcome, but. Um, I had this theory, this not theory, I just had this thing that like I realised that I I work really hard at things that I'm pretty good at, but when it comes to things I'm not very good at, I tend to kind of take the piss a little bit and just, you know, like this podcast, for instance. You know, um, <laughs> which, which, category, which category does that fall under, Matt? It's sort of in the, uh, the taking the piss. Right. Um, oh, but, <laughs> but, but I sort of realised that, as an example, I've always wanted to be really fit. And I've always, like every every 12 months or something, I kind of get off my ass and give it a crack and yeah, get and relatively lasts. fit-ish and then kind of get it back. It lasts for five minutes and then you're like, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, but I, I do get I some really progress. Right, red wine. I sort and... of see where we're going and then I'm like, yeah, cool, I'm really happy with this. And then I'm kind of like, cool, you know what? I didn't get to exactly where I want to be, but near enough's good enough. I can relax, have a gin by the pool. Right. And <laughs> so anyway, um, I read this book and it's um, oh, it's called Can't Hurt Me. I don't know if you've heard of this book before. Can't I'm, I'm googling it now. As yeah. So anyway, the guy now these days, and I, to be honest, I don't know that I'm actually very much in a line. I don't like the guy who wrote the book. Oh, I'm just David Goggins. Here we go. Yeah. My son bangs on about him. All yeah. No. So he's a he's one. I look. I'm sure he's done a lot of awesome stuff, great stuff, and everything. But I don't really love his philosophy entirely. But he's very much about the came from nothing, worked really hard, and just like you know the kind of person who in the book in the first chapter has, has already run a marathon with a broken leg kind of thing. <laughs> right. And okay, you're like, you're like, you're, you're 
yes, I get it. You, you push yourself further than you ever knew you could push. But equally, yes. that was really dumb, wasn't it? Like that did not help you. And you probably made your life a lot harder for doing that. Um, but either way, through this book, what I realized, I'm like, you know what? I, when we were talking about this snow hike, it, it actually got me a bit nervous. <laughs> As it should, Cause, mate. Because everyone, everyone started telling me it was really difficult. And in fact, I met someone on the weekend who had been, who's done this hike before. In summer or winter? Uh, in summer, and they said it still sucked ass. <laughs> yes, <So>. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I believe the end of it's called the Devil's Staircase, um, which is the, the last part up Bogong. I've not heard that, but it does sound um, quite intimidating, yeah. and it looks. And they said it is actually a, it is stairs. It's not a goat track. It is stairs from the bottom of Bogong to the top it, of Bogong. It won't be stairs for us. It'll be covered in snow, so it'll just yeah, be a very steep we'll climb in crampons or micro spikes. Have you, yeah, see, here's the thing. I've tried to climb up a slide before <laughs> in the dry, and that, I find that quite difficult. So I can't imagine climbing up an ice slide, you know. Well, you but, know, just, just imagine climbing up a, a, a stainless steel slide with um, socks on. And That'll detergent. probably be, <laughs> yeah, while well, it's raining. That's yeah, probably that's, a, good, a good analogy. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so this got me thinking, got a bit worried about it, and I thought, you know what, actually, I really enjoy this kind of activity. I unfortunately just don't always get to, um, you know, I don't. I, I often find myself getting distracted, don't have the time, whatever. So I thought this week I'm going to make sure I'm the fittest I can possibly be for this. And uh, so I got off my ass last week. Yes. Uh, on, uh, I believe it was, it must have been Monday morning. And uh, I just started running. And this week I have clocked up. My 5 a.m. run, so I'm getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, straight into my workout gear, straight out the door, and I've clocked up 65.24 kilometres this week. You, uh, have done, you have done more kilometres in that week than I ever did in a week training for both of my marathons that I've done. Well, that's exciting news. So <laughs> I, I, reckon that, I reckon I'm going to be prepared for it. So that changed entirely. That's changed my perspective, and it's actually made me kind of go, I reckon that this is such an important part of photography. As well, and I think it's going to tie into what you want to talk about today with the shooting in the snow. Okay, okay. Can we park that for a minute? Because really, yeah. we're only ten minutes in, and we've got a yeah. lot of preamble to yeah. do before we get into. Yeah. Well, the okay. Part. So I'll, I'll take it back to what I was, what where you asked the original question about what what's changed this week. So that has changed entirely. I've gotten right into that. And I'm actually really enjoying it, uninjured so far. Um, but what didn't go down so well is I wrote, I've got a five things Friday email for anyone who listening out there. If you're listening, I write an email <laughs> anyone? every Friday. Anyone? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Can anyone hear me? Hello? What, how, what sort of sound does tumbleweed make? Uh, yes, but um, it's, a, it's an email that I send out. This is going to be a shameless plug, actually. Five things every Friday in an email. No spamage, no other mailing list. It's just five things in a Friday email. Yes. And and one of them I wrote this week, it was basically called Photo Fit. And it was talking about the fact that a lot of people, I think, would benefit from being fitter photography-wise. I'm not saying you need to be out there running, you know, massive distances or being like super um, athletic. But as a, as a really small example, if you find your camera bag heavy, you know, just get used to wearing it around the house because by the time it, you wear it enough, it just becomes part of you and then you don't worry about it or, you know, carrying your camera or even if you're just the sort of person who loves landscape photography, just being able to hike a bit further 
Yeah. You know? um, and I wrote this little article, um, which anyone can still access. Jump on my Facebook thing. You can click through to the email and sign up if you want or not, whatever. But, I'll put um, it in the show notes, mate, so that put in every, the show notes everybody there. listening can sign up. You'll get a yeah, three more. Yeah. And three my mail chimp account goes berserk through the roof and charge me a million dollars. But yeah, anyway, it's, it's something that's really struck me. I actually think that fitness is so closely tied and, you know, your own personal level of fitness, not just general, you know, competitive everyone fitness, but you in your own self, the fittest mm. version of you, mm. it's just so tied to making, to getting the best out of anything, to be honest. Mm. I really mm. think it is because I know that when I'm not fit, I don't get the best out of myself in almost any facet of life. I think it's incredibly important for your physical and mental well-being. Mm. And, and mm. I can test I can be um, testament to that recently because I've just had low energy levels. And that makes You've been me in a wanna... funk, man. <laughs> I have been in a bit of a funk. Just for the record, um, team, every time I call Tom, he answers the phone like I've just killed a puppy. <laughs> in the most brutal way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've just, yeah, I've been really low on energy. So low, mm. not sleeping well either. And I think it's because I'm probably not exercising enough during the day to tire myself out to then sleep well. Mm. And that becomes a, you know, a, a, a catch-22. You know, the less sleep you get, the more tired you are, the less you feel like doing exercise, which yeah. then just self-perpetuates. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I think, um, you know, uh, not, not having that energy means that um, you just can't get as much done in the day and you don't feel good about yourself and that impacts other things as a flow and effect. So, yeah, I totally Oh, your, your creativity goes out the window, doesn't it? When you don't feel good and you feel low energy, your creativity is just like, nah. Not yeah, yeah. Who's going to go and climb a mountain at 6am, you know, for that spectacular sunrise at Mount Buffalo when you're not really feeling up to it? But, um, you know, I did it well, spe- anyway. Speaking of, I was going to say, so obviously um, this whole not sleeping very well, that was nothing to do with the fact that it was ice cold on the top of a mountain. Oh, my tent. God. That was purely because you hadn't done enough exercise, was it? Let me tell you about it. So, um, Ollie, I've always wanted to take Ollie, my son, who's now 16 and a half um, 17. And looks like, for those who haven't seen Ollie before, if you imagine just a smaller version of Tom who has, you know, I guess more potential in the future, um, that's, that's Ollie. He is a spitting image. All he needs now is a good role model and he will go far. <laughs> well, he's got that in all of his, um, his cousins and, you know, other oh. family members. But um, <laughs> I... Um, I've always wanted to take, he looks nothing like me, by the way, but oh, I wanted to it. take him snow camping for many years and he's been very keen. He's been up for it. So we, we uh, took him out to um, Buffalo last week. And the when you snow, say we, that's you. Me, myself you and I. Him. Yeah. We were originally supposed to be going over to New Zealand uh, before my workshop, which starts tomorrow and, um, and do some hiking around there. But I was like, no, I want to stay close to home. I've got some stuff I want to do here. Um, let's just stay you know, in Victoria. So we drove up to Buffalo on Monday and spent three nights at camping at Lake Katani and then uh, one night sleeping in the van at Dinner Plain before we went um, snowboarding on Friday. That was his reward for spending the week with me <laughs> camping in the <laughs> snow. And I t- he had the warmest sleeping bag, by the way. And he Is that the um, one I'm getting? Yes, exactly. That is, that is. Um, and... It was his first experience snow camping and, you know, he was, uh, you know, his conversations often went like, this sucks. Why is the tent wet? Why is there 
why is it dripping from the roof? Why is my sleeping bag wet? How come your side's nice and dry? Mine's not, which wasn't the truth. Um, <laughs> how come it's so frigging cold? Blah, 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 blah. Through to, oh, yeah, 100%. No, I'd do it again. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. No, it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we, we had some challenging times, no doubt. It was particularly cold. I'm certainly not conditioned in inverted commas, to that. I've done a fair bit of it, but it was probably well pre-COVID, you know, um, where I used to go up to the snow mountains and down to Tassie and do all that sort of stuff. So I really haven't experienced that amount of cold for that amount of time. And it is, it's brutal. It's hard work. Um, and tell, tell me with this, right, um, your sleeping mat that you're on, I've been doing research on this uh, this morning. <laughs> I've got to send you the info on that, actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah you don't want to take just, you know, your standard run-of-the-mill, go down on Anaconda and get yourself a, a, the cheapest sleeping mat around. No. Because I, clearly that, that space or that, that sleeping mat thickness probably determines how cold or warm you're going to be mm, for the, yeah. the nights that you're uh, in that tent with me, Matthew. So Yeah, and I guess how much time we dedicate to just like spooning and crying into <laughs> each other's backs. That's yes. definitely... <laughs> It's definitely not happening. You'll be having my sleeping mat if that's the case. But, um, yeah, there's we could just pile them on top of each other and share one. That's it. That's it. We can we can um, go top to tail. I, um, I I used to describe snow camping to people who'd never experienced it before, which is probably most who'd be stupid enough to do it. Try imagining grabbing a big block of ice out of your freezer. That's the that's body you know a full body length lying on top of it with a sleeping bag and trying to be comfortable and get a good night's sleep. I reckon I woke every couple of hours, every night, if not, if not um, more often than that. And so, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit sleep deprived at the moment, which is not great before I go on a nine day workshop where we're going to be getting up at like, you know, five, six in the morning and going hard all day, every day. for Especially with the time difference as well. That'll be uh, really good for you. Yeah, I get, yeah, no sleep. Mm. Oh, well, and then my plane leaves at like, 9.15 tomorrow morning, but I've got to get up at 5am to get out to the airport in time, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, woe is me. God, listen to my life. How I know, right? I know. I know. That's I know. terrible. I know. I know. Well, but, got, um, I'm, I am training. I'm training pretty hard for this um, for this little trip shindig of ours. And I have been <laughs> researching equipment and there's a couple of pieces and stuff that I'm looking at at the moment because I think they're going to really help me. But um, Go. The, well, as. Well, I was looking at ground mats and I saw one that was meant to be quite good. Um, it's very, very, very well rated. Um, right. But I'm, I don't, see, I don't know what my reference is in terms of the weights that we're meant to carry because you said the other day we're going to be carrying about 22 kilos and I was trying to work out all the things because that's about the same. It's probably about double the amount of stuff I took away on, on uh, our recent trip <laughs> for two weeks. So 22 kilos is? Yeah. Well, uh I mean, all my lenses, obviously. So that's like 11 kilos. You'll be taking nothing. You won't have room <laughs> for that stuff. Listen, to, you're, a, you're joking, are you? Be, no. You know, when it comes to snow camping, it's like I, 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 I pack everything into my sleeping, into my pack. And then I go, oh, yeah, camera, I forgot. And I stuff it in right at the end. Yeah, right. Because everything else is for survival. Okay. And, and staying warm. So, so really, we, you, can we just not use the word? Can we not <laughs> use the word survival in these conversations, please? <laughs> can we say something else, like uh, for comfort or something like that? Comfort, comfort. Yeah. Yes, let's yeah. let's just call it that. But yeah. um, or livability. Um, 
just survival sounds like a very negative way to to, to, to coin that. You know, how, like, how was this? We we were so cold every night that we would just cook our dinner and then go to bed by seven seven thirty. Ollie had downloaded a whole lot of um, movies onto his phone, so he'd, he'd sit up and watch movies. I'd I'd be by like eight o'clock. I'm like done. But that's me at home. Sleep. Mate, yeah, at eight o'clock at night, I'm I'm ready for bed. Yeah, yeah. So well it's eight o'clock now. So you'd be ready for bed about now. That's the podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um but then uh but then in the morning, one morning we woke up and it was minus five degrees and we'd stupidly left our boots outside the tent. And the reason oh, you, you leave them outside is because they're wet, right? They're wet from walking through the snow all day. And so you don't want wet stuff in your tent because it's wet enough already. And they were solid, frozen solid. And Gross. and Ollie's like, I looked at the weather forecast and said, um, we're going to climb up. You know where we went. We went up um, to the cathedral, into the saddle. Yeah. yeah. So mm. it's very inspired. For those who, who know it, the cathedral at Mount Buffalo, spectacular view. I'd, I'd been there 20 years ago and got a really nice panoramic sunset shot of it. Still one of my favourite photos. But I'd never, I'd had done sunrise, but I'd always kicked myself because I, I had shots of it, but it was sort of like an hour or two after sunrise. And mm. yet I'd never got that beautiful first light on it. And I'd always wanted to go back for, for many, many years. I've always wanted to go back and shoot that other side of it, so to speak. And so this was our chance. So I looked at the weather forecast. It said... Um, that, it, that this, it was going to be a clear morning, a clear evening with with some cloud early morning, and the forecast was spot on. When we woke up, Ollie goes, "Dad, is it is it clear? Is it is it going to be worth getting up?" And I touched my boots without even looking out to the sky. Well, I touched my boots. boots. <laughs> I touched my boots. <laughs> I grabbed hold of my boots that were frozen cold, and I went, "Oh yeah, no." It's been clear last night because it wouldn't get this cold otherwise. And it was minus five. That The laces were frozen. The whole boot was frozen. The only way we could get our shoes on was to kind of like stuff our feet into them, walk around with them like we're wearing high heels for like five minutes while we're getting ourselves together <laughs> and then hope that the warmth of our, our feet would actually melt the shoe enough that we could actually stuff our, our feet into them. Which now, hold on. I've got happened. a question here. So you, you, you're at Lake Katani. Yes. And I presume you had to leave the car up at the roadside. Yes, yeah. So we had to walk. Yeah, so yeah it's about seven hundred meters, whatever it is, yeah. you know. And then you forget what, stuff and it's like, oh no, we left that in the car. Oh bugger. Oh well. You know. And like, and where's our support vehicle going to be on our trip? <laughs> um we don't have a support vehicle. We have a support helicopter, Matt. So, you know, that's very pleasing. Well, I did buy a very, very visible jacket the other day. I know that you particularly oh, like the you? leopard print one that I sent you. But, um, <laughs> you but I, ended up with a, I ended up with a, um, a fluorescent yellow with reflectors because I thought if they're going to find my body, I need to give them a chance. Is that, the, um, is that the Helly Hansen one that you sent it me? It is. That it looks is. super nice. Yeah, that looks it's, super It's a cool. nice jacket, yeah. Yeah, well yeah. done. Thanks. Nice one. Yeah. Yeah. Got to buy some boots now. I went to to Bogong uh, on Sunday, um, but I was right before a shoot. I actually, I made a really rookie error at a shoot on Sunday. Um, I realised I needed to do a, like a half day of shooting, but my big battery strobes only have like two hundred shots in them, and so I had to run into Digi Direct because they're the only people open and get some battery pack AC charger like, things. This sounds like the story you told a few weeks back on the podcast. <laughs> You said the same thing. You yeah, went to a shoot well, and you had to run around to find stuff. Yeah, well, anyway, I get like that. But anyway, I got oh. them and I went past Bogog and I popped my head in there. And they've got some serious-ass shoes in that oh, shop. I tell you what. 
They've got like, some serious gear in there, mate. That's out of control. That's where I went to buy the crampons at the end of last season because I wanted to um, – I still haven't done it, but I want to climb Mount Ossa, which is Tassie's highest mountain mm. in winter. And um, it's a bit sketchy getting up there, and I'm like, I might need some serious crampons for this. So I went in there and purchased a pair and an ice pick to go with it. So, yeah, they've got some good stuff. If you're oh my like expert advice on stuff, yeah, that's Tom. the did you see in the news today the lady with the ice pick in – I'm not going to try and pretend I know where it is. I think it was in Russia, a mountaineerer. They were up on the top of this mountain. She's been mountaineering for like 30 years or something. So she's incredibly experienced, but she's never been caught in an electrical storm before. Right. And they were on top of this mountain in an electrical storm and they assumed that when you're in an electrical storm you'd see the electricity. But, of course, you don't see it when you're in it. And she said that um, it was something like she had the ice pick on her backpack and it started melting her bag. Oh, wow. Because she was in the electrical storm and all the metal things on them started heating up because it was conducting that electricity or something. It just sounded like the most terrifying experience. Wow. Um, so I think I think we should take plastic ice picks. <laughs> plastic? Oh, well, just in case we hit any bad weather. That go down very well. Yeah, well, you yeah. take your plastic one. I'll I take might take a rubber metal. one. I'll <laughs> take my metal one and let's see how we go. Let's see who survives. Uh, but anyway, we are taking photos on this trip, aren't we? So that's kind of the purpose uh, to a large degree. I hope so. I hope so, so even though as you said, I'm not allowed to pack a camera because it's too heavy, which is <laughs> ridiculous. I'm not taking use, my, just doing my phone photography on you can you know, use mine. Trip. You can use mine. Uh, also, I am taking a tripod. I know you said you're not to, but I'm going to. Because um, okay, I, I reckon there's going to be an amazing astro opportunity. I've got a feeling in my gut um, and I don't want to miss that. Um, well, that'll be fun. While you're shooting astro, I'll be tucked up in bed nice and warm and you'll be yeah, out there whimpering, yeah. freezing cold going, oh, my God, why in the hell did I decide to do this? Yeah, when, And then you'll take credit for it saying I was the guide <laughs> on that trip. Anyway, oh, well, um, let's see so, if we see any stars at all. I, I should suspect that we'll probably see uh, more clouds than we will stars. But anyway, I wonder mate, if you are the only star forecast. I need to see on this trip. Oh, stop it. Listen to you. Long range <laughs> forecast at Mount Hotham. Let's see if we can pull one up. Anyway, hey, oh, um, not for a month's what? time. But we are talking about shooting in the snow, Tom. We um, are lots of people are doing it at the moment. Lots of people going up there. Just keep in mind, everyone, you don't have to go all the way up to, like, I know that Hotham and Falls and all that are amazing, but. You can go Lake Mountain. You can go Borbor. Um, what's the other one around here? Donna Buang, I think, often gets Donna snow Buang. on it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many um, chances to get to really local snow. There is. There is. And great snow at the moment. I didn't mention that, but um, that, I've never seen so much snow at Buffalo. It was amazing. Um, it had been cold all week. So even though the storm sort of finished on the weekend, um, we got up there on the sort of Monday night, Tuesday. Uh, so it had been a few days since it had snowed. Um, all of the trees were covered in ice. I've never seen so much ice and snow up there. It was brilliant conditions. So hopefully that's um, going to last. And so I think we're going to have a, a good season. So for those who perhaps haven't done it before, um, now's the perfect time to get up there over the next month or two to um, practice your snow photography. Obviously, be safe. Listen to the tips we're going to give in this podcast um, so that you can enjoy your experience. And I guess first and foremost is that you've got to tell somebody where you're going because at the end of the day, you don't want to be caught out or um, get yourself in a pickle. So it's important that you tell somebody where you're going. Most of these places that we go or that we've mentioned will have mobile phone coverage, but that is never to be relied on. 
So um, it is important that you tell somebody where you're going. I like to WhatsApp, um, you know, significant others, i.e. Mary, my location when I park my vehicle for that very reason, that if, you know, she needed to raise the alarm. the first Or raise an insurance claim. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The first thing that the authorities are going to ask is like, right, well, when did you last hear from him and, and you know, where did he park his car kind of thing? And so I um, always like to do that. And so uh, keeping a, a portable charger on you works very well. Also, look, um, not not necessarily for your camera batteries. I find the camera batteries work extremely well in the cold these days. I think it's a bit of an urban myth. They oh, no, nah, they do die really early. No, they do, Tom. Obviously, you don't get out enough or take out <laughs> Listen to you. Here's the um, Alpine expert, Matthew Crummins, talking here. Go on. Tell me no, why they I'm do. Not. I'm not saying that they just – I'm not saying that they're like they don't last at all. But I, if, if you don't treat them right, you don't keep them warm um, and you just have your camera hanging around your neck, that battery will not go down well. Like that will just – there's yeah. two things here. There's two things here. One is, yes, you're right to some extent. I think Thank they, you very much. They, and, and that's <laughs> the podcast, guys. The second thing is don't use generic batteries. Use your branded batteries that go with your camera because I, I was using a generic one during the week that the, the camera guy threw in as part of my deal and uh, it didn't last as well as what a, a genuine battery would last, but still lasted the whole week. Um having a portable charger for your phone. There's no point having a phone on you if it's not going to stay charged. So buying a Signet power bank, they're advertising all over the radio and stuff at the moment, uh, 20 or 30 milliamp, they feel really heavy, but they only weigh about 300 grams and that's nothing in the scheme of things. It's going to save your life. It's worth it. So um, buy one itself, one of those. They don't cost a lot, they're less than 100 bucks and you get six full charges out of a 20, 30,000 milliamp. Uh, power bank, no. They, the only thing is they do weigh a little bit. Like well, that's I what I said. They weigh three hundred gram, which feels heavy, but it's really not in the scheme of things. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Matt, what's else has been your experience with photographing the snow? What tips? What pearls of wisdom can you give our loyal listeners? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> he chokes on his on yeah, his just, um, after dinner mint. <laughs> no, I was just waking up from a deep sleep. Um, uh, <laughs> No, you know what? My tips are not as as I mean. Okay, well, I'll give you one. Like, I, I think the technical tips, and then I'm going to think more the tips that like will really shift. Practical the tips, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So, like, a technical tip that I would give you is to remember that when you put a tripod down, if you put a tripod down, that snow has a tendency to melt when it touches warm stuff. Yeah. And so, if you're doing a long exposure, just remember that snow is not as firm of a, a base usually as what you're going to get from hard ground. So. Um, if you're doing long exposures, I would always be, or even any landscapes, I'd always be so into checking the sharpness of my shot after I took it. Um, and that also means if you don't use a tripod, the other thing to remember is you will in, you're ne inevitably going to be less stable because it's going to be cold. You're not going to have the same body stability as what you would no. in water. You're <laughs> shivering your ass off, in other words. <laughs> hey, the thing is, though, that often the snow here in Australia is, is not hard. So therefore, yeah. it's going to sink in. So you just want to, it's like being on soft sand. You've got to dig it in initially. And the other thing is that they tend to sort of, the legs tend to bow outwards. So don't extend your tripod legs out fully. Go, go, you know, almost all the way, but bring them in a little. 
and then dig it in and then they expand outwards and you've got that room. Because otherwise, if you expand your tripod legs out fully and dig it into the snow, it ends up sort of bouncing up and down. Do you get yeah. what I mean? Have you had yeah. that happen? You know, Which is a lot of fun, but not practical <laughs> but not for photography. For, yeah. Not great for your photographs. And you are right. They tend to have a little bit more um, you know, warmth than what anything else does. And so they will yeah. melt the snow around them a little. Um, and I will say this is also why, um, you know, on the tripod thing, um, I, I, this sounds really petty, but I do think carbon fibre makes a difference. Right. Well, it makes a big difference when you're handling it, particularly if you've got yeah. like, gloves on. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. And again, this is one of those like little things, and this kind of kind of tie into my main kind of tip. Um, I think the hardest thing about shooting in cold environments, not necessarily just the snow, but any sort of really cold environments, is the fact that most of the time people focus on being cold and that makes you in a rush. And any little frustration, mm. anything that is going to, you know, uh, rock your boat at all can be the difference between you really enjoying it and probably getting something creative out of it versus you just getting pissed off and yeah. frustrated and wanting to throw in the towel. You're, you're so, so right. You are absolutely right. It's a hard mental game. It's yeah. like I, I think, and this is, this is what I, again, was reminded of last week, is you know, photography can be challenging enough. Throw in the fact that it might be minus five degrees and you're freezing cold, your hands are just burning because, you know, it's it's so cold. Your feet are frozen, your hands are frozen, your head's, you know, you need a beanie, you've left it in the car, whatever. Um, it really can put you off your game. And that's where you've got to say, no, focus. What am I trying to do here? What Remind yourself of um, the techniques involved in order to capture a good photograph. And just try and be in that mindset for a few minutes so you can capture a nice photo and then go, right, I'm freezing cold. What do I need to do in order to um, you know, get myself warm again, so to speak? And, so you really do think... need to be prepared physically and mentally for that. It's, I, I can imagine it's a bit like shooting underwater, which I've never done, but it's difficult because you're trying to breathe underwater, you're dealing with currents, you're dealing with a lack of light, et cetera, et cetera. Getting a good photograph is just like a freaking bonus as far as I'm concerned. And, and that's what I've found when shooting um, in snow conditions. People can look back on the photos and go, oh, yeah, that's nice. But it's the, the degree of difficulty is so much higher than what it is for going down the beach on a nice summer's day. I totally agree. And like, so recently um, on my boot camp in May, um, up in Bright, we had a lot of snow come in on Hotham on one of our days. It wasn't right. the, it wasn't like serious snow cover, but it was very blizzardy snow and it, and it stayed on the ground. And there was actually quite a, there was enough for coverage, put it that way. The road had about an inch of ice on it after mm. the first hour. So, you know, we had to turn the cars around at one point, but it was blisteringly cold. It was that mm. whipping wind and sideways snow yeah. That just tore through everything, and we were not prepared for snow necessarily. Oh, um, we were, we had warm stuff, but we weren't like you know proper snow geared. But I think the hardest part for people was you know they got out of the car super excited with these ideas, but as soon as that cold hit them, half half of people were like, "Oh my gosh, actually, now I got to be back in the car." Yeah, and the other ones who did persevere, it was the little things that really freaking pissed us off. So one in particular, <laughs> no, it was like lens a lens would fog up. Yeah, you know, and then it's like, and it was fogging up. Of course, up because you've got the, you've got the, um, you've got the, you know, the heater on the on the car turned well, up to max so that everyone's yeah. staying nice and warm, or you're trying to keep the windscreen clear, you know. Yeah, well, this was actually the funny thing, right? So whenever I do any of these sorts of sh shoots, and this is me personally as well as on the boot camp in my car, we drive with the windows down because um, even if it's 
stupid cold, you don't want to get used to the warmth because it just makes it worse later on. It's so much but harder it, to get out of the car, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But these right. lenses had a little fog patch internally so on the bulb of the lens means inside. what you've got to do is take the lens off the camera mm. so that it can cool from the inside out. Yeah. And, well, and, here's, and then protect the sensor so that it doesn't get a whole lot of dust on it. Whilst yeah, or snow. It. Yeah. Once you've got the lens off the camera, you've got to point the camera downwards, protect the sensor, or hold it to your body, or do something, and wait. You know, have a long for that for that lens to defog. Yeah. And that's it. And so these are the little things I think that make it so much tougher because that knowing that your lens is going to take another five minutes to defog and you've got to stand in the cold for five minutes. Yeah. You know, beyond the photo, um, sometimes it's a bit too much. And earlier I said to you that I changed a lot this week. The other little things, because I know this, this, I know people think that I'm a little bit happy-go-lucky about this trip, but I'm genuinely trying my hardest to be prepared for it. <laughs> Good on um, you, man. If only I had your dedication. <laughs> no, because I don't want to be, you know what? Like I have no doubt that you're going to be the one bitching and moaning the whole time, but I just don't want that to be me. You know, like I want to go and I want to be, I want to proudly get, you know, airlifted from the Medivac helicopter knowing that it was my broken leg that stopped me and not, you know, me just being a wimp. Right. Um, but it's actually the little things that I've noticed. And this comes back to that book I was talking about. It's called Can't Hurt Me. Yeah. Um, he talks about this idea of callousing the mind, right? And yeah. and I don't love it because I think a lot of what he's talking about ultimately for people would be basically like just push it down, <laughs> you know, bottle yeah. it up, push it down. Right. But But really what I think he's saying, just I don't know that he says it that well, is the idea that if you've, you get used to whatever standard it is that you live at and whatever it is that you're comfortable at. Now, everyone's yeah. got a different comfort level. And that means anytime you're pushed outside of your personal comfort zone, you're going to find these struggles. And so as an example, like I, I've got a friend, Mark. Um, uh, and he's, uh, he's No, well, he's actually, <laughs> I say Mark, it's not, it's Julian Mark. Oh, you're, you're protecting his name for privacy yeah, reasons. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, anyway, but he's from Canada and he, even in the middle of winter, he walks around in like his shorts and he's like, yeah, it's a beautiful day. And I'm like, what? It's like three degrees. But he's used to minus 40 or something stupid. And so for him, cold is different to what cold is for us. The same way you go to a tropical you know, yeah, paradise and people are walking around in puffer jackets. Yeah, It's all relative. So this week I've started doing these little things. And I think this is something that you know our listener could potentially take away as well. If you're going to go somewhere where it's going to be cold, for instance, get in the habit. Like I've started, for instance, um, Laura loves the hot the, the electric blanket, right? Before bed, like turning the mm -hmm. turning on, warming the bed up. I've said to her, no, stop turning mine on. I want to get into a cold bed at night. God forbid, Matt. How are you surviving? I know, I know. But hold on. <laughs> no hold on. electric blanket. No, in, wow. in my morning run, I've not been putting a jumper on and things like that. I've been getting out of there in my normal, you know. It makes me run faster when I don't. A light long sleeve and very on. small shorts. <laughs> <laughs> very tight shorts, Matt. Yeah. Um, the other day it was raining, still went for the run in the rain. Yes. Got wet, got freezing cold. And here's the thing, it sucked ass massively. I did not enjoy that. I was I rolled my ankle yesterday morning at kilometre three of 12. and Pookie, it, are you okay? I know. But this is the thing is it's, I think sometimes building that new normal and readjusting what your normal is mm. over time, even if it's in small ways, will make it easier in the long run. And so I do think that what you're talking about psychologically, it's very hard in the snow and the, in the cold to stay creative and focus. Mm. But here's the thing. If you get yourself used to the cold, for instance, just when you're going down to the shops to pick up the groceries, stop rugging up in a puffer jacket before you go. Ooh. You know, like 
Wear a t-shirt and be cold for a minute, and it's okay. You're not going to die. So and these, then, so these boot camps you talk about that you run <laughs> are literally boot camps, are they, Matty? No, I don't They're force like, anyone. To, I don't force anyone else to do my way. You but, are doing you know, nudie runs through the main street of Bright at twelve o'clock at night, aren't you? No, nah, that's like, the boob camp. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me, I'll put a link in the show notes for anyone who wants to sign up for that workshop. Uh, but uh, you know, you know, I think you'd, I think you'd have to agree, Tom, that when you were in your, your your triathlete phase, prime, yeah. your Ironman competition phase, I reckon that you know you were probably at a point. I imagine where jumping into a cold ocean probably didn't mean much because you were so used to doing it. I went a whole season, uh, probably about ten years ago, where I swam twice a week, if not three times a week, in Port Phillip Bay throughout the whole of winter without putting a wetsuit on. I wanted to challenge myself to that, so I yeah. literally would go. I think I made I think I made a pack that it had to be three times a week and uh, and it had to be a minimum amount of time as well I think uh, there were times where I could not see like one meter in front of me which I hate I hate that I'd start thinking about sharks and all sorts of things um, and I'd be the only one out there and I swear I thought oh, I'll drown no one will find me um, I'd have moderate hypothermia by the time I hopped out which is I, I used to go swimming down um, Sometimes I'd drive for whatever reason. I'd, I'd be driving up to – I lived in Hampton, but I'd be driving up to Kerford Road, you know, in St Kilda, and I would park there and then swim from the pier at Kerford Road uh, parallel to the shore. Back to, to Peninsula, back to the morning. <laughs> back to the morning to Peninsula back here. No, to St Kilda Marina and back again. It would take me just under an hour, and the water temperature would be 10 degrees, and I would have moderate hypothermia by the time I hopped out because my dad would just go – Tom, you're crazy. He's done a lot of ocean water swimming. And he'd go, you're crazy spending that amount of time in the water. You should be, you'd have hypothermia. I went, no, I don't. And I looked up what the various degrees of hypothermia were. And it wasn't mild hypothermia what I had. I had moderate hypothermia because it talked about, um, you know, feeling drunk, taking um, a long time to do things when you otherwise feel that you're doing them quite quickly. So yeah, like that swim should only take 20 minutes really. <laughs> yeah, I noticed <laughs> that when I wasn't cold when I was swimming because you're exercising, you're moving, right? But as soon as you hop out and you stop, it really catches up with you. Mm. I noticed that I would take probably two minutes to put on a long sleeve t-shirt afterwards to get warm. And I'd be mm. sitting there trying to stuff my hand into the sleeve and consciously I thought I was I was doing it quickly, but without thinking about it, you, you feel that way. But then you go, hold on, I'm taking a long time to get my arm in that sleeve, man. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and then I'd sit in the car freezing. <laughs> and then I'd be driving back home along Beach Road and all these cars are passing me really quickly. And I'm like, geez, everyone's in a hurry today. And then I look at down at the speedo and realize I was doing 40, not 60. You know how they talk about police <laughs> pulling over drunk people in the car? Yeah. And because they're going slow, not because they're going really fast, because they're going really slow, because their perception is that they're going really fast at that speed, but they're not. And that was me. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm only doing 40. Here I was thinking I was going really fast. It was bad. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, by the way. Um, just a couple more things before we uh, wrap this. Can you believe we've almost allocated, we've got to our time limit here? Um Couple of, staying warm means wearing, you know, sets of thermals, good sets of thermals like Icebreaker 260s are great, so I'd certainly recommend those. Wearing at least two pairs of gloves. Wearing like a merino inner and then an outer glove really will keep your hands warm. Um, How do you go with button pushing? Uh, quite easy with those sorts of gloves. You just gotta you just gotta deal with it. But that's the other thing. If you if you don't really 
if you're not really getting the, the results you want by you know wearing two sets of gloves, at least you can take one pair off, change the settings on your camera, and quickly put the other set on. I tell you what, I recently got two, which were gold. If if you're not camping as such um, and carrying everything on your back, is um, you can get these magnificent hand warmers. I'll put a link in the show notes for the hand warmers. That are you, these are these sit- rechargeable ones? Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. And, and you just shove them in your pockets. You keep them in the jacket pockets and then you shove your hands into the pockets there and they'll keep you relatively warm. They, they, won't, they won't keep your hands toasty warm, but they'll stop them from going numb. So they're worth my good friend Juan at, um, at Yellowstone had a pair and I'm like. And the other thing is they've got USB ports in them so you can charge your phone off them while you're standing around waiting. How, um, long, do they, how long do they warm for? Uh, I'm not sure, but like... They've like enough to warrant strings. carrying them or like... Yeah, 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 enough to warrant. So it's not like, oh, they stay warm for 15 minutes or something and you're like, well, that's sort of... I think it's significantly longer than that, but obviously mm. it depends on what strength you have them on because they've got yeah. you know, they've got low, medium, high settings. Um, right. Having a neck warmer, some sort of neck warmer, beanie, a good quality beanie, not a crappy beanie, a really good quality beanie um, and having layers. Like I wear a th- on top, I wear a thermal. I wear a beautiful mid-layer, which is a Mac pack, you know, it costs, costs me $60, $70, but it's toasty warm. Having a good puffer over the top of that. You've got to have at least three layers if it's going to be cold. And, and tell when- me, Tom, what about a, you're talking about a puffer jacket. What about a lens coat? Do you ever use those on your lenses? What are they like to keep all the... Those, you know, the neoprene dry. ones? No, I don't. No, Good. No, Good. no, I don't. I've got the <laughs> camera bag there with me and I'll just pull that camera out. I, I think you've got to have... I'd, I'd have two cloths with me. I'd have one like a hand towel to wipe any snow off and, and significant moisture off the camera and the lens. And then I'd have a lens cloth to wipe any moisture off the lens. Um, you don't want to get your lens cloth super wet from wiping all the snow and uh, rain or whatever off your camera and then it's soaking wet to be able to wipe the front of the lens off. So, um, yeah, you want at least, you know, a, a hand, hand, you know, a towel as well as a lens cloth for your can I put, lenses. Can I put one more tip in? Yeah, go. Just because, you know, like you're, you've basically given me the packing list and I appreciate that, but... Um, <laughs> The, 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 <laughs> no, I'm going to th- one more tip. I want to th- I want to throw in there from my end anyway. Um, it just struck me. You're talking about the lens cloth thing, and it, it actually reminded me the last time I used a lens cloth and not my t-shirt was on my macro workshop. Um, <laughs> Good on you. But my tip for shooting this now as well is, is actually um, to notice what's out there, because I think most of us think big landscapes. But how many yes. cool little intimate, like you know, frost on gum tree, gum yeah. leaves, or whatever, like those little tiny scenes. Um, I think they're called intimate landscapes. I think yes. someone mentioned it the other day. Yes. Um, as well, there's a lot more opportunities for shots than just like the big broad shots. So you don't have to go to these to the top of the mountain to the untouched spot. You can go five seconds off the car park and you'll find a thousand interesting shots. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're the. I had to remind myself to do those the other day while I was up Buffalo because there was some magnificent snow gums all frozen, etc. Um, but again, it's it's you got to push yourself to do that because you might have got the hero shot, which is a beautiful wide angle shot, and then you're kind of like, oh, can I be bothered? And it's like I'm going to kick myself later if I don't get these shots. So all I need to do is swap lenses or drag the other camera out and just spend five minutes doing that so that you've got those shots as well, for sure. Yeah, that's it. Very good. Well, look, I feel like we've briefly touched on that. There's so much more to talk about, but I'm sure we'll talk about it more once we uh, have uh, 
done our epic uh, trip in a few weeks' time. I'm off to New Zealand tomorrow, bro, to run my winter South Island workshop, which I can't wait to do. It's been a few years since we've been in New Zealand, obviously with COVID, etc. Um, but, you know, we're going to Mount Cook and the Meraki Boulders and beautiful waterfalls and the Fox Glacier, etc., etc., and hopefully getting up in some helicopters as well in order to do some aerial photography. So I can't wait to... Um, tell you all about that on the next podcast. Matthew, do you know what time it is? Uh, bedtime. <laughs> it's time to announce our podcast competition winner for this week. Oh, they're going to be in bed for sure. No. Have you got a prize to give them? Have I got a prize to yeah. give them? Or is it that a- my job this week? <laughs> Would you like me to give them this lucky person yet another Brilliant Prince gift voucher. I think we might need to do that because I did not know that was my responsibility this week. But there are some really oh good my. prizes coming, team, from my end. Uh, oh, here we go. False there prizes. are. Honestly, yeah. next week you want to enter because t- next week I. <laughs> you know what? Next week I'm going to I'm going to guarantee next week that or next episode we're going to give away a hundred dollar camera house gift voucher. Camera house, Croydon camera house gift voucher. Absolutely, from our good friends at Camera House who are yet to agree to that prize. Thank you, Nigel. <laughs> I appreciate well, that greatly. Thousand, did you say a $1,000 gift voucher? That's I said incredible. $1,000, $100 gift vouchers, yeah. For wow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be giving them away for the next 20 years. Um, hey, let's call. Ooh, can I choose who on the list? Can we, can we call number six? Six. Okay, I'll call number six. All right. Oh, one, tell two, me it's Nick three, Fletcher. Four, five, six. It's not. It's oh. not. Actually, do you know who you've chosen? Who? This is Kelly, who we tried calling last episode. No, you're lying. I'm hundred percent. I will. Hundred percent playing. I favorites. am not. I am hundred percent telling you that she was sixth down on the list. And what? What are the bets you just texted her and said, "Hey, I'm about to call you." No, I am not. I've got it. This is why Tom has repeat business on his workshops because she's not even a workshop participant of mine. I don't even know this lady, but she was spewing that she missed last time. She mentioned it on um, the Facebook group, and I so hope she answers the. Hopefully, she saves my number into her phone so she doesn't actually look. All I can say is if she all this time, we'll just imagine if she missed out again. Imagine if she didn't answer again. She'd be Devo. Hey, um, have we got a secret word for this week? What's the special competition? For next week word or for, for this week? next competition. Well, the next for competition. The next, for yeah. the next competition. Ooh. I reckon it would have to be clampons. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you said it, I was like, I know that's an important part, but I can't not. I, can't, I have to laugh at that. Did I say clampons? It sounds like a dirty word. <laughs> We're going to get all sorts of different spellings for that. Here we are. <laughs> we are ringing. We are ringing Kelly right now. Let's see if she answers. Oh my God, it dropped out. Oh, it answered. Oh, and it did, she out. Hang up, did she hang up on you? I reckon oh. she hung up on you. Can you imagine if she hung up on me? Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to try again. Oh, you, you shouldn't, no one should get a second chance like that. Hello, Kelly speaking. Kelly, this is Tom from the Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. How are you? Good, thanks, Tom. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, uh, Kelly, hello, Kelly, did you? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Matt. Hold on, Matt. She can't hear. Hold on. Go. Can you hear Matt there, Kelly? Go. Can you, can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, yeah, I can now. Tell me, Kelly, did you just hang up on Tom's call because you thought that he was trying to sell you insurance or something and then we had to call back? 
She hung up on me. I can't believe this. Kelly, you are live on our podcast. You are being recorded, so that's okay. Matt um, Matt was playing favourites. He he got to choose um, the competition winner. He said choose the sixth person down on the list and guess who that was or is. Can you believe this, that you missed out last time and we were only just saying, can you imagine if she doesn't pick up this time? That, that, that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Did you save my number to your phone so that you would not miss this call? No, no, but it was just funny oh. that, um, yeah, Well, that's the... bad. Oh, that's bad. That's I'm offended now. Okay. Kelly, well, Kelly, Kelly, wanted, a, Kelly wanted a new insurance policy and was answering <laughs> the phone in the hope that someone was going to explain all the pros and cons. <laughs> no, tell me. Go on, Kelly. <laughs> No, that's all good. No, that's, that's exciting. Thank you. You have won a $100 gift voucher from our good friends at Brilliant Prints up there in Brisbane. We've been printing with them. And Matt has printed all his work <laughs> in his um, special uh, studio slash workshop room there. Um, they do a brilliant job, pardon the pun. And so I use them too. You use them too? Look, oh, it looks like we should give the voucher to someone else. We've already got a convert. <laughs> they're good. They're good. Well, here's the perfect excuse for you to order something new uh, from our good friends there. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, Dylan. And thanks to everybody there, Megan, all the rest of the team there at Brilliant Prince. They've been a fantastic supporter of my business, Matt's business, and the podcast um, for quite some time now. In fact, no, they've only just come on board um, only because I guilted <laughs> Liam into giving us this gift voucher. So congratulations, Kelly. We're going to give uh, – tell us just just in, in one minute, tell us a little bit about yourself and the podcast and who you love the most. <laughs> just one minute, though. So um, in East Gippsland, yes. in Victoria. Which, which um, part? Which town? Uh, Bruven. Oh, yeah, Bruthen. Yeah, okay. I drive through so, there to get yeah. to like Threadbow or Jindabyne, don't I? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah right, okay. Go, I mean, technically you could drive through Darwin to get there as well, but <laughs> Tom's Not just making this up to try and play favourites. Come on. Before you start sweet talking, Tom, Kelly, who's your favourite? That, that was the ultimate question Tom was asking. The ultimate question, oh, gosh, you know. Hey, I haven't done a workshop with either of you. I want to do a workshop with both of you, so there you go. <laughs> oh, Matt, it's going to be a sexy threesome the next time. I was going to say, at the same time was the question I was wow. going to ask. Wow, wow. Um, that got me all hot under the collar. Wowzers. All right. And so you're in, <laughs> you're in Brisbane. <laughs> Mary doesn't listen to this podcast, so we can go for our lives. Um, what is it that you do for a living? Um, I actually run my own business uh, called Peak Designs with my husband and uh, we create education um, and community engagement products and we work with a lot of government and non-for-profit groups and stuff around Australia. And, um, yeah, I've got a little side hustle doing some photography as well. And give you some business of It is peakdesigns.com.au, is that correct? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I actually... Do you guys make travel tripods and um, <laughs> and camera bags or is that different? No? I think that's a slightly different business, Matthew. Yeah. Oh, I, okay, sorry. Slightly different, Just, you know. <laughs> peak we spelled P. We actually came P. up for the P. The P and the E, uh, the P and the K are for Peter and Kelly, and the E and the E is for Environment and Education. Oh, it's a different peak. I thought it was like peak design, like the camera brand peak design. No, it's P double E K, P double E K designs.com.au. Well, yeah. Kelly, 
thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Have you been a loyal listener from day one or have you just come on board because we're giving away stuff? Oh, I've, I've just come on board and, uh, recently and then and then you came up with the giveaway. Um, so, yeah, I, I yeah just sort of started listening and, uh, yeah, really enjoy the banter that goes on and um, have a few laughs and giggles and, yeah. When do you typically listen to the podcast? Is it oh, I like doing market research, classic. Is it, is, it, is it while you're taking your dog for a walk or is it when you're trying to get to sleep at night? When is it? Um, oh, gosh, sometimes when I'm driving the car. God, um, you're just driving it. off the road with all the laughter, yeah. you know, all of the funny jokes that we tell. You'd be struggling to keep the car on the road. That's it. Um, <laughs> you know, dri- dri- driving to my uh, photo club session <laughs> meetings oh, and stuff. Which, which camera club are you a member of? Uh, East Gippsland Photographic East Society. Gippsland, are they a good club? Yeah. Give them a plug. They're, they're, they're not a bad little club. Yeah. How many members turn up to their little club each each time? Oh, uh, maybe about uh, between any time, anywhere between twenty and forty. Right. Yeah, oh, it's only it's a small club, but it's nice. Well, if you'd like someone to come out and have a talk to your club, Tom is frequently out that direction. I'd love to drive three hours each way in order to come out and chat with you. No, no, no. I will. I actually have not done that for quite some time since COVID hit. So I'm I'm missing it, and I'm going to throw my hat into the ring and do some more of those um, uh, local and regional camera clubs because I miss that uh, that contact with all of you guys. And so, yeah please let them know that I'd be uh, happy to come out at some stage uh, if I'm in the area to to, uh, to chat with you guys. Yeah. And All right, to, Tom. Tell my jokes. Hey. Same, shameless plug I'm, over. I think. Right um, and so he's telling me to get stuff. And so congratulations, Kelly. Lovely to chat with you. Thanks for answering our call this time around. And um, yeah, no thanks worries. for listening to the podcast. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Take care. We'll send you an email awesome. with the stuff. See ya. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. All right, Maddie, that's it for another episode. Thanks well, hold on. How everybody. are they going to enter? What's the, what do we say the, the word is for next time? And how do you enter? Uh, you have to go on to the Facebook group, Matt and Tom's Excellent Photography Podcast. Just uh, find the group there. You will find the show notes and you'll find the link there in order to enter the next time around for another $100 gift voucher, this time to Croydon Camera House. With the secret word, clampons. Thanks, guys. Catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us for yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt, both of whom are working photographers running workshops all over Australia and, of course, the world. Join us on one of our workshops, and in the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast to make sure you stay up to date.